Welcome to Write Stuff Radio, where we showcase Christian authors worldwide. Each week, join me for a new author and a great new book to add to your library. Welcome to The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J. Thank you so much for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking to my guest co-host and contributor today, Rhonda McKnight. She is the author of the new release, All She Needs, which is part of the Bennett Family Series. Now, today was my first time reading this book. Let me tell you, I'm about to buy the whole series because this book is so good. It has drama, family, romance, intrigue, everything all in one. So that makes me want to get the rest of the series. I think it's about 10 in this series. If it's not 10, it's going to be 10 because so much going on. Can't wait to tell you all about it in just a few moments. We have been showcasing Christian authors worldwide for the past nine years, and as God gives us grace, we'll continue to do so. To find out how you can help out, simply go to patreon.com slash write stuff and see what you can do. And as always, we covet your prayers. To stay up to date with what we're talking about, go to pjcmedia.net, click the pink follow button, and you'll never, ever have to miss a show. And so, without further ado, I'm going to bring on my guest, Rhonda McKnight. Rhonda, how you doing today? Hello, Parker. I am great and really excited to be back on your show. I am so happy to have you back. We had such a great time the last time, but it has been a minute. So I had to go ahead and pick up your new book and read it. And I was so excited because this book has it all. I can't wait to tell our guests about it. But before I do that, I want people to know a little bit about you. So go ahead. Tell us about yourself. Okay. So I am a, wow. So I guess I identify first always the thing that thinks jumps in my mind is I'm a mom. I have two sons, 16 and 30. I am a full-time writer. I have been writing full-time probably for about three years and pray to continue to do that as God blesses me and allows me to earn enough to feed me and these kiddos. I write predominantly Christian fiction, and but some of my titles are what would be called just clean, inspirational titles that don't necessarily have Christian content, but most of my titles are Christian. I am the author of 20, I think 24 books. I guess I say 25 because I finished 25. That 25th book will be released next May of 2023, and the title is The Thing About Home. The Thing About Home will be released May 9th of 2023, and that's a women's fiction novel. But for the most part, I have written romance. 18 of my titles are romance titles that I have published as an independent author. So I'm what you call a hybrid author. I've got books that are published traditionally through regular full mainstream publishers, and then I've got a lot of indie romance titles that I've just loved writing for, I think, the last 10 years I've been writing romance. And so I live in South Carolina, a really small town. I've been here for three years. Prior to that, I lived in Atlanta for 20 years, but I am a Jersey girl always because that's where I grew up. And I have to tell our listeners something. If you remember the show last year called Worth Fighting For with Neashanta Ross, Rhonda was the one who coached her with that book. And if you know how much I loved that book, 
you'll know exactly what you're getting when you pick up your copy of All She Needs by Rhonda McKnight. And I was telling Rhonda before we started recording that Nia Shanta's book really tugged at the heartstrings. And it was really unique for Christian romance, but it was really a story about herself. So I definitely want to make sure our listeners know that, hey, we're all interconnected here. And as children of God, we are one big, happy family, each of us helping each other in different ways. So it was really cool to talk to you again, Rhonda, especially to see what you helped Nia Shanta do with her book and to see that same spirit of excellence in your book. So I'm really excited to have that connection here. And I told Nia Shanta when the next book comes out to let me know because she'll be back on again, just like you know that too. So yeah, just had to put that in there real quick for our listeners out there. Now, Rhonda, when you write, do you plot out your books? Do you do a pantsing? How do you get that all together? Okay, so I am kind of a hybrid between a plotter and a pantser, but I am I would largely consider myself to be a plotter. Being organized and structured helps me to write faster, and I write a lot. Like last year, I wrote seven books. Most of them were novellas, but three of them were full novels. And so, uh, and this year so far, I've written quite a bit. And so, if I outline the book, I know where I'm going. I can get it done much faster. Anytime that I'm sort of trying to put pants it just because I'm being lazy or I don't want to do the work of plotting, it takes me longer. And I usually have to go back and do rewriting that I would not have had to do if I had figured this story and these people out ahead of time. You know, you mentioned that I worked with Nia Shanta. One of the things I used to do, I no longer do this. And, you know, it's interesting because I was as I was listening to you talk about Nia Shanta's book and helping her to birth that story, I thought about the fact that I have made a decision not to really work with authors anymore because I just don't have time. But I was a little convicted a little and thought, wow, like I helped her. Like, does God really want, maybe I'm wrong. Like, do I need to still make some time perhaps for some other authors? Because I would hate to not have been a part of the process because you're right, that book was amazing. And it would have gotten out anyway. God was going to give her the person that would work with her to get it to, you know, the state that it was, but it just kind of made me realize like, wow, that was a ministry for me. So that's an aside. (laughs) Thank you for that revelation to pray about that. But it's a good aside. Yeah. It's a good aside because those of us who do know better, we can help others out. And I find myself coaching authors as well. It wasn't something I set out to do. It's just something that really happened. And I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, if this is something you want me to do, I need you to give me more of a direction. If it's just helping out once in a while, no big deal. Right. But I've been getting a lot more requests, which makes me feel good. I like to think I know what I'm talking about, <laughs> but, but we'll see. But yeah, I loved Nia Shante's book and I had to mention that to you so our listeners can know, hey, you're getting quality when you read one of Rhonda McKnight's books. And in this book here, I had to laugh because you said how you're a plotter. And I think, you know, I don't do plotting. I've, I've gotten better at trying to organize my thoughts well, but organization is a swear word in the whole house. So we'll see. <laughs> I definitely feel you there. You probably do write fast, but then you're organized and I don't like organized people. <laughs> so. So yeah, I I love it. But, you know, you got the Bennett family here. Let's talk about the series. Before we get into the book, All She Needs, let's talk about the series here, the Bennett Family Series. What's the big deal about the Bennett? Okay, so what's the big deal about the Bennett's? You know, I think that the big deal about the Bennett's is that they just happen to land at the right time. We're in a season where people are looking for, first of all, I found out last week that for the first time in the history of books, fiction is outselling nonfiction. 
Like this has never happened in the history of books. So there's a lot, people are reading more and it started with the pandemic. People wanted, you know, more escapism. And so when I wrote the Bennett series, nothing is ever a series with me. There's always a standalone book that becomes a series. And so I like to release a Christmas story because I enjoy Christmas stories. They're, They're my jam. I like writing them. I like reading them. And so I wrote a Christmas story about a man named Bennett. He had cousins and brothers and all these people. And after people read the first book, they wanted more. And so I decided, you know what? I can write this series of stories about these people who are slowly falling in love, you know, one at a time. They're ready. They're at that age. They're Christian people. So, you know, they're Christian men. And so they're not men who would perpetually want to be bachelors forever. I mean, there's some things that most of them that kind of keep them wanting to be single or whatever, things based on their past and situations and other dating situations. But for the most part, they have a heart for God, which means that they want enduring love in their lives even if they don't know they want it today. And so I think that the Bennets are, the thing that people love about them is that they're just, for the most part, really good guys who love the Lord. And when love finds them, they become open to it. And I think women are attracted to that. And so I think that that's one of the things that has drawn people to the series. One thing you mentioned is about how the past does affect our present, and sometimes the past can be very painful. Do the Bennets throughout their stories learn that you don't have to let the past determine your present or foretell your future? Absolutely. I teach, I used to teach a writing workshop, and one of the things that I would teach my writers is that you want to develop rich characters that have a history, that have had hard times and have had emotional ups and downs. The best place to get your drama is in the past. So give them a past, you know, and it doesn't have to be really messy. Like everybody has, doesn't have to be being rehabilitated from drugs or prison or all these things that some people write about, but relationships that didn't work out for reasons that a person may not have understood can be a place that people can get stuck. And when people get stuck in places, it takes a lot to get unstuck. And that makes some of the juiciest writing, (laughs) as I'm sure you know, Parker, trying to get people unstuck in romances. And so, yeah, absolutely. The past, I I firmly believe that we all are, I mean, we all are the summation of what we've been through. And so, and then how we deal with those situations in our present and in the future, I mean, dictates the outcome of our lives. And definitely for the Bennett here, particularly Jackson Bennett, he definitely has a lot to deal when it comes to relationships. I can't wait to dig into this right now. So our main characters are Jackson Bennett and then Misha Merriweather. Now, Misha, she's a sweet lady, but I haven't finished the book yet. But where I'm at now, I kind of want to strangle her and I kind of want to strangle her sister. That's probably telling too much too soon. But yeah, I want to strangle her because not because she's doing something stupid or anything like that. She's a really nice person. And sometimes nice people are seen as people you walk over. But at the same time, you admire her for the decisions that she has to make. Now, Jackson, on the other hand, he is what I call a diehard introvert. If he can stay away from people, he could be on the island by himself with Wilson the ball. (laughs) He would totally do that. But I may have it wrong. Rhonda, what do you say about my semi-introduction to these characters? 
<laughs> well, we'll start with Jackson. And one of the things that even in the in in the book summary um, on the back cover or wherever you're reading about it, we learn that Jackson is a bit of a recluse. And we he was introduced in I believe it was the sixth book in the series as being a recluse, not you know being somebody who doesn't come out and hang out with the family as much as a lot of the other Bennetts do because they're a very social family. They're connected through events and parties and different things like that. And so Jackson, you know, he shows up here and there when he has to, but for the most part, you know, he's kind of off to his so you're absolutely right. He's a bit of a recluse. Is it crazy about people? I think we learn very early in the book. He has this thing that he does. Um, he sings, which is surprising, but which will be surprising to, I think, anyone who reads it and surprising, of course, to Misha. And there's a reason for that, which he reveals that he uses it as a coping mechanism for something that um, he's dealt with. And so he's a really interesting character. I love developing him. As for Misha, she is like a little spitfire. She gets there. I think that she is initially... A I'm not sure where you are in the book. I think you said about halfway through. I think that she is initially very shocked by the events that are happening to her because like, as it says in the synopsis, Misha Merriweather was minding her own business when she almost got arrested, okay? And so then there's a tornado of media events that start to swirl around her that she is wholly unprepared for and knows what the source of the trouble is and is just completely devastated and hurt because she's been here before and because she was forgiving, she did not handle the situation in a way that would have prevented things from escalating as they are now. If she had taken certain steps in the past to deal with a problem, she wouldn't be where she is now. So we learn to some extent that she is somewhat regretful, but I think she's initially stunned and hurt and she's terribly embarrassed because what's going on, what's happening to her is extremely embarrassing and it's a permanent kind of damage. Like, how, how is she going to get out of this? And so I think that she is struggling, but she eventually, like every woman that I've ever written, I write strong women, all the women who are in the, the Bennett series, every woman that's in, been in a Rhonda McKnight book is a strong woman. And so she eventually finds her strength. She digs because God gives us that that strength on the inside, and she has to tap into that. And once she taps into that, She's like a little roaring lion. And so so I think that you have assessed the characters very well up to this point. Yeah, and I think that, because mind you, she is not meek. I don't want to say she's meek, but she is put into a situation that really isn't of her making. And I'm frustrated with her because I want her to go hunt down this person and just take care of them. But she can't do that. But it gives Jackson an opportunity to help her in a way that maybe she he couldn't have helped her when she needed it. Now, there's something else I want to talk about here because one thing we talk about is the importance of family. And the Bennetts are very family-oriented, it seems to me, but so is Misha. And there's a conversation that Jackson and Misha are having where they talk about family. He says, yeah, it's about a hundred of us there. And she said, well, it's only me and so-and-so and so-and-so. I'm not going to tell who they are. And he's like, wow. She goes, you have such a big family. And when you think about that, you think about just how important family is to society and how in the midst of having your family ripped apart, those who become part of your family become extremely precious to you. So there's a dynamic there as well. How does Jackson's view of family differ so much from Misha's view? I think that Jackson's view of family, the Bennetts are very close and they've always been very close. Also, perhaps has a, in a different way from maybe the other Bennetts, kind of has an inherently distrustful thought about family because of a situation that he's dealt with. 
So while he, and I think that's why he can be a little standoffish, but he believes that family is important, that, you know, he loves the family that he's close to in the Atlanta area, which is Forest Hills is where the, the book is started. It's a fictional town, but he's moved from Charleston. And there's a reason he's moved from Charleston to Forest Hills. And it has to do with family and not in a good way. So I think that while he knows family is important, he's loved his family. He embraces his family. He's had some negative experiences with, with family also, as has Misha. They have that in common, which I think is one of the things that attract them to each other. Like you said, her family is very small. And you can have trouble with family in a very small family. You can have trouble with family in a big family. You know, it doesn't matter. I think that God uses sometimes the people that are closest to us to stretch us and grow us, to get us on our knees praying, perhaps. So family, you know, is integral, I think, to our spiritual growth. Because we're always challenged by family. Another aspect of this that I think you really hit on the nail is scandal. And the things that Misha go through, they make for good reading. But I will hate to be in the middle of something like that. And when you're dealing with scandal, particularly nowadays where things can stick to you forever, how can we encourage those who have been touched by scandal? Because we all know someone who has been touched by scandal. How can we encourage them? Or how does Misha's story encourage them? You know, this is the second book that I've written about a woman who's been embroiled in scandal. And, and actually, it's it'll be the third when my May, May uh, 2023 book comes out. This seems to be an area that I keep, that's close to my heart, I keep writing about. Uh, God keeps giving me stories to write in this area. But I think that one of the things that people can do or they can learn, that you can learn from scandal. You're right. Things stick to you. In this day and age, the Internet is forever. You never erase. I don't care how, how much you think you can scrub things away. You can't. They're always going to be out there. But what you can do is you can find, if you can get to a place, and I think that this is what happens in my stories, I would say this is what happens in my stories. This is my intent. For them to get to a place where they understand that they can turn that heartache, all of that pain into a ministry. Like there is a bigger purpose. God can turn anything around. And without giving the ending away for Misha, that that's something that has to happen for her, for her to make peace with this horrible situation that she's gotten herself into. And so by the time the reader gets to the end, they see that, you know, she's getting double for her trouble. You know what I'm saying? And so even though it's a difficult road, we all have different roads and paths we have to walk out that strengthen us. Some people have disabilities. Some people have broken marriages or homes or children who stress them. Misha's, you know, thing right now is that she's in the middle of this scandal. But we all have trouble in the water. You know what I'm saying? And this just happens to be her bit of trouble. But we all can be strengthened. We all can be bigger. We just have to make a decision to press and pray and figure out how is this mess? How is God going to turn this mess into a miracle for me and for the people who will learn from my challenges or who will be blessed by what I have to say at the end of this situation? And just to piggyback on what you said, Rhonda, I had to go to Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And it says, and we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. This is actually one of my favorite verses in the Bible because there is something miraculous in how we see a broken egg and God sees an opportunity. And we often wonder how can something good come from something so horrible? I think this is what makes God so wonderful is that what we see as the end, the failure, the catastrophe, he sees as rebirth, 
reborn. The Bible verse also says he exchanges our mourning for dancing. He gives us more than what we ask for. So I like how you said that. I just wanted to use scripture to piggyback and underpin what you just said. Now, we're getting close to the end of our show today, Rhonda. I want to thank you so much for being here with me. But you alluded to a book coming out in May. And I know for a fact, it's with a big publisher. Who is that publisher? And what is that book? Yes, I am excited uh, that I have signed a contract to write women's fiction uh, with Thomas Nelson Publishers. Thomas Nelson is one of the largest, if I dare say the largest Christian publisher in the world, and writing a novel titled The Thing About Home. It will be released in May of 2023. Actually, the date is May 9th of 2023. I guess I need to start saying that since I have it. Um, And it's the story of a popular social media influencer whose viral meltdown after being left at the altar sparks a journey of self-discovery where she finds family, culture, history, love, and faith in the low country of South Carolina. So, and I'm really excited about that book. It's a story that God gave me, dropped in my spirit, I guess maybe two, two years ago. And so I pitched it to Thomas Nelson. They brought it. And I'm really excited for Casey Black's story to hit the market next spring. That's exciting. You're the second author with a Thomas Nelson contract. I've had a pleasure of having on the show. The first was Vanessa Miller when I had her on. So very excited to have you. I'm glad Thomas Nelson is reaching out to other authors in different communities like the Office of um, Color and different diverse groups. I'm glad they're reaching out and getting more books out there because we have talked about more diversity in Christian fiction. I'm glad they're taking up the mark. So thank you so much, Thomas Nelson, for reaching out there today. In a few moments we have left, Rhonda, why don't you go ahead and share your social media outlets? Okay, so I tend to be as active on social media as I can be, given time restraints for writing. But if someone reaches out to me, I always respond. I'm one of those people who always answers on social media, even if it's the next day. I am on Facebook pretty much daily. Uh, My Facebook page is facebook.com slash books by Rhonda. I'm on Instagram at author Rhonda McKnight. I'm on Twitter at Rhonda McKnight. I just got a TikTok page, but I'm not ticking or talking too much lately. So don't don't quite call me out on TikTok. But if you go to my website, which is rondamcknight.com, there is a link for all my social media, just in case you forget. And I'd love it if you sign up for my newsletter, if you visit my page, so that we can keep in touch and you can learn more about my books. And I mean, reach out and say hi. I'm a really social person. I'm not an introvert like a lot of writers are, not all of us, but a lot are. I'm pretty, I'm kind of an extrovert. And so I love hearing from people. I love hearing from people about my books. I love talking to people about gardening homeschooling. Like I have lots of interests and I list them all on my Instagram and Twitter pages. So just reach out to me. I I, I love to talk about books. I love to talk about a lot of topics, but I really enjoy social media. Super social person. So (laughs) I hear you. I'm always on Facebook. I could talk about just about anything except taxes. So yeah. So this show is always about encouraging authors whom God has given the gift to write to pick up the pen and do so. In the few moments we have left, go ahead and encourage them out there today. Wow. I would say, you know, some of the advice that I give aspiring writers or even new authors who just been published. It's interesting because I just wrote a fairly new author a message. She reached out to me and asked me a question is to uh, believe in yourself. You know, believe that the gift that you have, that God gave it to you. That's number one. So believe in yourself because God gifted you and God doesn't make mistakes. He's not a bad economist. He doesn't waste resources. So if he gave you this talent, he gave it to you for a reason. That's number one. Number two, don't compare yourself to anyone else. We're all different. We all have a different 
purpose for our writing. We have different audiences. We have different voices, different styles. You know, most of what Parker has written has been historical, which is really my favorite genre of writing or my favorite category. And I write contemporary and just hopped into a little historical. But, you know, if you're supposed to write book A in this category, sci-fi or fantasy, don't compare yourself to Rhonda McKnight and what she's writing because I'm doing a different thing. And so, but God gifted us all. Just, you know, don't let the thief of comparison, people's hitting bestseller lists or getting deals with Thomas Nelson and you wanted one, you know, don't let that steal your joy as a writer. Don't let the marketing and the business side of it steal your joy as a marketing. Just remember that before you ever had a book, you were a storyteller and stay true to that. If you always remember you're a storyteller, you always tell great stories. If you always remember that God gifted you with the gift of writing, you'll always tell great stories and great stories will find their home as long as you're consistent with, you know, the marketing and, and putting out books. So the other last piece of advice I always give uh, writers is to develop relationships with people. Be authentic in developing those relationships. Don't approach them as, what can I get from this person? You never want to be that person. But just wanting genuinely to get to know people and to, you know, show up in their lives as, a, as an authentic reader. One of the things I love is when someone asks me a question about writing and they've read one of my books, you know, and I've had people ask me questions about writing and they will begin like, I've never read any of your books, but how do I do this or that? And I think, wow, like you've never read any of my books. Like, why would you ask me? You don't even know if I can write. I know for me, my mentors, I've got some New York Times bestselling mentors, okay? Authors like Victoria Christopher Murray and Kimberly Lawson Roby have mentored me, Jacqueline Thomas. But I was a fangirl before I ever became a writer. I was a fangirl for 10 years before I ever published a book. And so I was, I read their books. I love their books. I came to their book signings, you know. And so if you want to be in relationship with an author, be in relationship first with their books. <laughs> be in relationship with their books. And then, you know, if you really love what you see, reach out to them, join their newsletter, you know, chat them up on social media, and you would be surprised at how God, if your heart is in a pure place, how God will use them to bless you. Because I'm telling you, every name that I have just listed, these authors have all shown up for me in ways that you never could have told me that would have happened 20 years ago when I was just, you know, not writing a thing and showing up at their book sign. And now I get, if I ask them for an endorsement or ask them a question, I get an answer because I showed up as an authentic reader, a fan, before I ever wrote the first word. So build relationships in an authentic way. I think that that would be the last piece of advice that I would have for an aspiring author or a new author. And then always be prayerful. There are wolves out here. I don't think there are a lot. I think that Parker initially said at the beginning, in the Christian fiction, Christian writing community, I think there are a lot more people who are genuine and loving. You know, some of the beasts that we see in other genres that are not Christian, I think, gosh, I've never dealt with any of that. Um, but people are not perfect. People are human. But I think largely within our community that there is a lot more love because there is a the love of Christ, you know. So always be prayerful about your writing and about the people that you connect yourself with. So I think that's the advice. I have lots of advice, Parker, <laughs> but I'll leave it those three pieces. Well, no, it was wonderful. I think you did a wonderful job, and I'm thankful that you took time to tell our listeners about that. And for our aspiring authors out there, I hope you gleaned nuggets of wisdom for what Rhonda was saying. Rhonda, thank you so much for being with me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This is a great chat.
And we were talking today to Rhonda McKnight. She is the author of the new release, All She Wants, which is part of the Bennett Family series, which I'm about to buy the whole thing and just start from book one to book 400 if need be. But I'm letting you know right now, you're definitely going to enjoy All She Needs. And I know you're going to enjoy the rest of what Rhonda has to offer. If God has given you the gift to write, one thing Rhonda said is that, remember, you are a storyteller first. And as a storyteller, you're going to have a great story to tell. We just want you to put it on paper. So go ahead, pick up the pen, and write stuff. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of The Right Stuff. I'm the Queen Parker J. You have a wonderful, absolutely glorious, blessed day.